Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported. That means we truly depend on you in order to bring this resource to you. If you don't already support us financially, you could do so. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. You'll see our three friendly yellow buttons there. One says donate. The other says join our crew. The other says become a patron. Click on one of them and fill that out. If you'd like to support us the traditional way, you can make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith and send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And let me thank you for your support. We truly cannot do what we are doing here without it. It's time for another edition of Fighting for the Faith. Tuesday, May 21st, 2019. Oh boy, <laughs> looking at what's coming up here, hope you're sitting down, especially for the second segment. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Rosebro. I am your servant in Jesus Christ, and this is the program that dishes up a daily dose of biblical discernment, the goal of which, help you to think biblically, help you to think critically, and help you to slow down, stop, open up your Bible, and compare. Compare what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. Sadly, there is no shortage of crazy things being said out there. We take the time to open up God's Word, to compare and contrast what the most popular pastors, preachers, teachers, conference speakers, self-proclaimed prophets, prophetesses, self-appointed apostles and apostolettes, and those generally put forward by the evangelical industrial complex as those whom we need to be listening to, whose books we need to be buying, and whose small group curricula we should be studying instead of the Word of God— Yeah, weird how that works. Over and again, we demonstrate that the steady diet of doctrine that's put out for consumption, that's teaching, uh, by the average evangelical who's supposed to be a disciple of Jesus, it's far from biblical. It's far from what God's Word teaches, far from what any apostle, New Testament disciple, or Old Testament prophet or believer in Jesus ever believed. In fact, there's a whole lot of scratching of itching ears and Belief in magical things that don't exist. You know, you might as well believe in fairies and unicorns. Uh, You know, that's the kind of preaching that we're getting today. Case in point, in fact, we'll just talk about what we're going to do on today's episode of Fighting for the Faith. We're going to be doing two segments today, and the first one is bad enough. The first one's bad enough, but the second one... I think before we get to it, we're going to end up having to play our one of our warnings uh, so that you do not accidentally hurt yourself uh, while listening to that segment. Segment number one, uh, we're going to be listening to you know the, the time-honored Word of Faith heretic televangelist Bill Winston as he's going to, well, take a whole lot of verses out of context is the best way I can put it. Take a whole lot of verses out of context and uh, try to convince people, kind of string of pearls. In fact, let me 
let me kind of rework that. So a string of macaroni <laughs> method. You know, uh, take a whole bunch of verses out of context, string them together to make it appear like they teach this doctrine called the thousand times more anointing. Yeah, I mean, would, wouldn't you like to know how you could uh, get your hands on the thousand times more anointing? Well, uh, unfortunately, Bill Winston's going to be trying to do that for us. Then uh, we'll take a break when we're done with that. And then in uh, the second segment of the program today, uh, we're heading over to the glory of Zion television internet channel as... Um, <laughs> How do I explain this? Uh, Chuck Pierce, the so-called Apostle Chuck Pierce, and his entourage uh, will be coming from Mexico to the Texas Amer uh, Mexican American border in order to secure the glory um, along the Mexican border. And um, this one will be up on our YouTube channel, and uh, it's worth the watch is the best way I can put it. But, you know, I understand if you're driving, you should not be watching our YouTube channel. I'm just saying that. So uh, that will be today's episode of Fighting for the Faith. It, it's, yeah, just make yourself comfortable. We got a lot of ground that we got to cover. Since we're going to begin with a money-grubbing tele-evangelist update, let's do this. <laughs> Don't want no loving, don't want no kissing, don't want no gal to call me honey. Don't want my name in the Hall of Fame, just want a big fat pile of money. Give me that almighty dollar for that lettuce, hear me holler. Give me buckets full of ducats, let me walk around and waller in Mazuma. All the narrow, wanna be a millionaire. Give me money, 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 money. I want that green ammunition, that's the stuff for which I'm wishing. Fill my closets with deposits, I'm a demon in addition. Give me shekels, give me pesos, let me see their smiling faces. Money, 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 money. You wanna get me a suit that's made out of oot and whistle for wearing it green? I got that monetary itis like speeches like King Midas. Want that golden touch is what I mean. Give me that old double eagle. Want that tender that is legal and financially substantially. Any sum I can and beagle. Want a living regal splendor for that loving legal tender. Money, 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 money. <laughs> now, have you ever heard of the thousand times more anointing? Yeah, neither have I. <laughs> Yeah, it's in the book of Fourth Hesitations, or is it 92nd Hezekiah? It's in there. No, it's not. It's not in the Bible anywhere. And uh, and so what we're going to be doing is deconstructing a very Bible, well, favorite, a, a famous Bible-twisting technique. that We're, we're going to call this, in fact, let me throw this up here on the screen. We're going to call this the string of macaroni. Uh, Bible twisting technique because the way this works is you invent a doctrine you can't find it anywhere in the Bible and by the way in order for a doctrine to be biblical it actually has to be taught in the Bible somewhere for instance the deity of Christ Christ is none other than God in human flesh and uh, and there are clear passages that say this so we can say we can go to like the, the opening of Romans, you know, Romans chapter one, who, 
you know, you know, as a, as a descendant of the flesh was, you know, descended from David and who by the spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the son of God. You know, things like this, you know, there are passages of scripture that clearly teach that Jesus is both God and man. You can go to them, no problemo. Now, when it comes to uh, false teachers and word of faith heretics, yeah, they, these guys have a really interesting habit. They make stuff up. They uh, These are man-made doctrines, which, by the way, Jesus warns us about those who invent and make up man-made doctrines. And so here's how the string of macaroni technique works. You begin by putting forward your, your non-existent doctrine. Yeah. And then what you do is you hunt around all throughout the Bible, Old and New Testament, and you rip verses and sentences out of context, and you claim that they're talking about the thing that you invented. Mm -hmm. Case in point, we're going to be heading over to Bill Winston Ministries. Yeah, Bill Winston, he's an old school, old guard, word of faith heretic, and this guy is really good at whipping people up into a frenzy and feeding off their greed rather than calling them to repent of their sins. And so he's invented this thing, the thousand times more anointing, thousand times more. And what we're going to do is we're, we'll note that the uh, the string of macaroni technique that he's using to make it look like this is taught in the Bible, but it isn't. That's kind of the idea. So grab something to... Uh, uh, you know, to eat, something to drink. We're going to dive right into it. Here's the thousand times more anointing from Bill Winston. Here we go. A thousand times more peace. A thousand times more joy. A thousand. Man, you got to come on up there. Th oh, yeah. This is just a teaser for the episode. Thousand times more. Yeah. A thousand times more love. A thousand <laughs> Throw that one in there. Thousand times more wealth. Woohoo! I'm gonna be rich. I just gotta figure out how to find and apply the thousand times more anointing. Yeah, by the way, if a, a, a Bible teacher is uh, feeding your greed rather than to tell you to repent of it, you know you're dealing with a false teacher. It's a wolf. Somebody who's teaching for shameful gain things that he ought not to teach. Turning God into you know, a prosperity genie. Yeah, that it doesn't work that way. A thousand times more victory. A thousand times more favor. A thousand Woo. times more ideas. A oh, a thousand times more ideas. I can hardly wait. A thousand times. Everything is going to have an anointing of a thousand times more. Everything's going to have an anointing of a thousand times more. Yeah, you are a complete con man and charlatan. And everyone's there going, yay, I won the lottery by going to church. No, you didn't. Yeah, this is the kind of stuff that'll land you in hell. Hello, Bill Winston here, and welcome to the Believer's Walk of Faith, where we walk by faith and not by sight. Mm -hmm. Well, as born-again believers, there is a power that's available to us and that is on us. Mm, yeah, yeah, this thousand times more anointing thingy. Which biblical text teaches this that is available to us uh, who are born again? For something far above what the world's ability has ever seen. Mm -hmm. It is a powerful force. We power. call it the anointing. It's a powerful force. Yeah, Christians are now Jedis who 
tap into the force of the anointing. The anointing is, is God's burden-removing, yoke-destroying power. The power of God on human flesh to do what only God can do. Mm-hmm. Now, that anointing has the ability to bring us into a thousand times more mm-hmm. of anything that the world can produce. A thousand times more, man. Yeah. In other words, if it takes the world a thousand days, we can do it in one day. Balagna. I think that's how you pronounce it, right? Balagna, because when... Never mind. So uh, if this were true, I I want you to think about this. Whatever it takes the world a thousand days to do, we can do it in one day. If this were true of Christians, then don't you think that corporations would be fighting over hiring Christians? I mean, there, there would be a shortage of Christians worldwide because their productivity levels would be a thousand times greater than any pagan fellow. You know, you think some pagan guy going i'd like to apply here at such and such place and they're all are you a christian well no i'm an atheist man dude you know i i down with the patriarchy and you know stuff and i i i'm all, all for freedom from from god and and the constantinian oppression of the church man Okay, that's great, but uh you know we like hiring those christians cuz i mean seriously you know what takes you pagan atheist dude, you know, three and a half years to do. Those Christians can get done in a day. Yeah. So, you know, sorry, you can, you know, unless you're willing to become a Christian and get that thousand times more anointing thing going on in your life. We're not all that interested in you. This is nonsense on its face, folks. If it takes a thousand people, you can do it in one person. Right. God, that's the anointing that's on our lives. No, it's not. You're just making that up. Nice big smile, too. Let's go right into it. It's called The Thousand Times More Anointing. No, it's not. It's not taught in the Bible anywhere. This anointing we describe here as really the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God Burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God for a thousand times more. Basically, it's the most powerful uh, force in the earth. Yeah, yeah. It's a force. It's it's most powerful. I mean, electricity doesn't even compare. Nuclear energy doesn't even compare. And um, this is the thing that Satan fears most. He fears... I I thought... Satan feared Christ the most. Yeah, he's just making stuff up. Where does it talk about Satan fearing the thousand times more anointing? I'd like to see those texts, please, Bill. That anointing. Because this anointing uh, will absolutely not only destroy what he has done, but it will also... I thought Christ destroyed what he has done. Mm -hmm. Again, just saying. Leave no trace that he's ever been there. Can I get an amen or not? Now, as we see the places here that we're talking about this anointing, we see that in Isaiah 10, 27, that God said about This anointing was his burden-removing, yoke-destroying power. 
All right, so here's the first verse in the string of macaroni, Isaiah 10 something or other. Okay. And then also we see in Zechariah, Zechariah chapter 4. He didn't even read out the Isaiah text. He just, Isaiah 10, 27. Let's take a look at it. All right, let's see here. Duplicate this tab because I don't want to lose my place. Isaiah 10, 27, I think is what he said. Let's see. So, you know, for, I mean, the first, you know, noodle on his string of macaroni, he didn't even. <laughs> no wonder he didn't read it out <laughs> because it can't. It, if we read it in context, it won't even apply. All right. So our three rules for <laughs> sound biblical exegesis, they are context, context and context. And the whole string of macaroni Bible twisting technique requires you. <laughs> to rip things out of context so you know it ain't gonna work so isaiah 10 24 therefore thus says yahweh elohim Savaoth, the lord of hosts O my people who dwell in zion do not be afraid of the assyrians when they strike with a rod lift up their staff against you as the egyptians did for in the very little while my fury will come to an end my anger will be directed to their destruction and yahweh Savaoth, the lord of hosts will wield against them a whip as when he struck Midian at the rock of Oreb, and his staff will be over the sea, and he will lift it as he did in the in Egypt. And in that day, his burden will depart from your shoulder, and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be broken because of the fat. All right, so um, unless we're a Jew living in the time of the affliction of the Assyrians, uh, Isaiah 10.27 is not talking about the 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 thousand times more anointing the yoke breaking burden whatever thingy that he's talking about all right so let's uh, come back to bill winston let me back this up just a smidge so we can hear again as he's stringing the macaroni together here morning was his burden removing yoke destroying power yeah yeah and then also we see in Zechariah, Zechariah chapter 4, in verses 6 and uh, or 7. Zechariah 4, verses 6 or 7. So uh, the string of macaroni, noodle number 2 from Zechariah. Apparently it's all about the thousand times more anointing. And verse 6 says, and he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel. That's a type of Christ, a type of anointed one. A type of Christ, a type of anointed one. Okay. Saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Let's try another translation, please. New Living and he said unto me, This is what the Lord says unto Zerubbabel. It is not by force, nor by strength, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Yeah, what is God referring to, to uh, Zerubbabel? And who is this fellow? Well, funny enough, I happen to know. And we'll do a little bit of work here in the, uh, the Old Testament and Ezra, Ezra chapter 2, Ezra chapter 2, uh, will note that Zerubbabel is mentioned here in uh, Ezra chapter 2. Now, these were the people of the province who came up out of the captivity 
of the exiles whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried captive to Babylonia. They returned to Jerusalem and Judah, each to his own town, and they came with Zerubbabel, Jeshua, Nehemiah, uh, Sariah, you know, Re'aliah, Mordecai, Bilshan, Mizpar, Bigvi, Rahum, Ba'ana. Okay, so you, you get the idea here what's going on. And Zerubbabel happens to be one of the fellows who came back from exile. And then we learn in Ezra chapter 3, just a smidge more about uh, Zerubbabel. And it says, when the seventh month came, the children of Israel were in the towns. The people gathered as one man in Jerusalem and arose Jeshua, the son of uh, Jozadak, with his fellow priests and Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, with his kinsmen, and they built the altar of God, the, of God of the God of Israel to offer burnt offerings on it. He has the task of reigniting, if you would, reinstituting the the sacrifices in the temple of God. And the temple is in complete disrepair. They're going to have to rebuild it, get things going again. And uh, while Nehemiah is uh, rebuilding the wall. Zerubbabel is working with the other priests to get the temple back in working order. So now you can see what's going on here. And again, we'll go to Zechariah 4 now. Context, context, context. We know who Zerubbabel is and the task that is before him. And it sounds to me like the prophet Zechariah has received a message from the Lord himself uh, encouraging Zerubbabel and the task that he has been given to get the temple back in order and get the sacrifices back up and running. So the angel who talked to me, uh, with me, came again and woke me like a man who was awakened out of his sleep. And he said to me, what do you see? I said, I see, behold, a lampstand, all of the gold with a bowl on top of it and seven lamps on it and the seven lips on each of the lamps that are on the top of it. And there are two olive trees by it. And one on the right of the bowl, the other on the left. And as I said to the angel who talked with me, what are these, my Lord? And then the angel who talked with me answered and said, do you not know what these are? I said, no, my Lord. Then he said to me, this is the word of Yahweh to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says Yahweh Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of armies. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. And he shall bring forward the top stone amid shouts of grace, grace to it. Then the word of Yahweh came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also complete it. Then you will know that Yahweh Savaoth, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of armies, has sent me to you. For whoever has despised the day of small things shall rejoice and shall see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. So, so Zerubbabel's, you know, like I said, he's been given this great task, and the Lord has given a prophecy through the prophet Zechariah, and Zerubbabel is the guy who reinstituted and, you know, fixed back up the temple of God and brought back all the sacrifices. And God is encouraging him, and God is making it clear, despite the opposition to what he's doing, he will complete the task that he has been given. Yeah, nothing there. Did you notice a complete lack of anything about the thousand times more anointing? Yeah, it's just not there in Zechariah, is it? 
Like, not at all. That's how the string of macaroni uh, (laughs) technique of twisting the Bible works. And, oh, boy, I tell you, you know, uh, Bill Winston here has put some really pretty colors on that macaroni as he's stringing it together. Even bedazzled it a little bit, but he's twisting up the scriptures pretty badly here. One man translated says, it's not by army or not by human effort, but it's by my spirit. Right, the reestablishing of the temple after the exile. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was not by might nor by power, but it was by the spirit, and the Lord said so. Yeah, saith the Lord of hosts. Now, we can see this in a time of Judges chapter 6 when God picked a man named Gideon and he picked Judges chapter 6 uh, uh you know the story of Gideon I'm not going to read it out you can go in take a look at it it's a great story uh and uh you know Gideon is a type and shadow of Christ and the destruction of the the people who are oppressing Israel at the time that's all a type and shadow of the end of the world and God's judgment but all of that being said, nowhere in Judges mm-hmm, will you see mentioned the thousand times more anointing. So Bill Winston's just trying, you know, just jumping all over the Bible. And what he hasn't done is actually prove that there is this thing that we as Christians have called a thousand times more anointing. Picked him that he was going to raise him up to lead Israel. Now, at that time, Israel was somewhat backslidden, if you will. but Yeah, they were engaging in idolatry and God sold them into slavery. Because of that, they were uh, in lack and in famine and the Midianites were busy taking everything they had. Yeah, just like locusts and grasshoppers. Yeah, because Israel sinned and was engaging in idolatry. Early part of the story of Gideon, Gideon ends up like destroying, you know, Uh, altars to the false god Baal. And so now, God's going to use somebody to set Israel free, bring them out from under this bondage. Mm -hmm. And he picked a man named Gideon, Judges 6 and verse 12, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, thy mighty man of valor. Now, a little bit of a note here. The angel of the Lord appeared. That would be none other than Jesus himself appeared to uh, Gideon. Yeah, that's who the angel of the Lord is. And now, just applying some context here, it's important that when God is speaking to somebody, you pay attention to whom he is speaking to. Because if God says something to Gideon that is specific to Gideon, he ain't talking to you, and it doesn't apply to me either. So the angel of Yahweh appeared to him, to Gideon, and said unto him, to Gideon, Yahweh is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Mm-hmm. Yes, so Gideon is a mighty man of valor. Yahweh said so. The angel of the Lord said so. And as far as the Lord being with us, well, Christ makes it clear 
in uh, you know in, in, you know before he ascends, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is found in Matthew twenty. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. So we can say that because Christ has made it clear, speaking to the church, to all of us, that he indeed the Lord is with us. But God has not said to all of us that we are mighty men of valor. You know, just saying. In fact, I would argue that uh, half the population being women couldn't possibly be mighty men of valor. They would be women. (laughs) So maybe they, they, but God isn't saying that they're mighty women of valor either. You see, this is a complete twisting of the text. This is known as narcissism, narcissistically reading yourself into the biblical text. You're not in the story of Gideon. You're not there. No, no, it's just not there. And what we said there is that one thing that God wants you to do is see yourself as he sees you, not as your cousin sees you. You you mean as a forgiven sinner clothed in the righteousness of Christ? You see, that's how the New Testament teaches us to view ourselves as Christians, not as mighty men of valor, but as forgiven sinners, pardoned by God, and all for Christ's sake because of what he did for us on the cross, you know? Not as people who don't like you see you, or whatever, but see yourself as he sees you. Say amen to that. Verse 14, and the Lord looked upon him and said, go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites, have not I sent thee. Yeah, Christ has sent the church into world into the world not to um, slay Midianites. No. It, it, you know, Christ makes it clear we're sent into the world to make disciples of all nations, baptizing. We're also to proclaim repentance and the forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name. See Luke 24 for that one. Yeah, um, yeah, that's what we're called to do. Meaning that whenever God sends you on an assignment, he empowers you to supernaturally accomplish that assignment. Ooh, that's good. And what other assignment is Christ sending us on than to make disciples and to proclaim the gospel and preach him crucified for our sins and call sinners to repent and to be forgiven by Christ? And he said this, verse 15, and he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. When God and you get together, you become a majority. What? <laughs> Let's see. Let's see. I, I got. I, I'm going to do a Google search here. Yeah. Um. Jesus says. So Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Yes, that's right. All right. John 15. John 15. 51. Let's take a look at it. Yes, and you can Google things. Uh, if you know the. If you're not sure where it is, you can Google phrases of the Bible and. And Google will find them for you just fine. So uh, let's take a look at John 
15 and specifically 50. Uh, well, let's see. Let's see. What was, what was our thing? 15, five, five. There we go. Not 51, 15, five. All right, let's head back. All right. So I am the vine, the true vine. My father's the vine dresser. Jesus says every branch in me that does not bear fruit. He takes away and every branch that does bear fruit. He prunes that it may bear more fruit already. You are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I in the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, you know, just saying this is kind of weird that uh, Bill Winston's making me sound like I'm super-de-duper powerful. Oh, yeah, because I'm supposed to have that thousand times more anointing thingy on me, right? I don't care how many you coming up against. You have just qualified as a majority. No biblical text says this. So, Especially the Gideon texts and judges. So here is God taking Gideon through some paces now, of course, to, to get him to be in faith. Because this anointing needs your faith. So that you can execute what God has called you. You can't. Yeah, see, this anointing needs your faith. So if, if you find yourself up against a thousand and you get defeated, it's because you didn't have enough, you know, faith. Uh-huh. Talk against the anointing. If you want the anointing to work for you, you're going to have to speak faith. You can't talk against the anointing. No wonder it's never worked for me. Because I've been talking against the thousand times more anointing. Ah, it'll never work. It doesn't exist, folks. You're going to have to talk and say what God says. So here it says in that same chapter, Judges chapter 6 and verse 34, that the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. So as God sends you places, he's going to empower you to do the work. Where in Scripture am I told that because God sent Gideon someplace that I should expect he's going to send me somewhere? Huh? Now, the empowerment that he's going to give you gives you so much more ability Mm. than the world has. Yes. Now, this is really key because I'm going to be centering around my teaching, if God says the same. If God, so apparently God's got to. Validate this, and it's hard or something. On that right there, because we still have to get a real clear picture of how powerful we are. What? What? The Apostle Paul talks about, I'm going to brag about my weaknesses. You know, the things that demonstrate my weakness. So here, we just got to understand just how powerful we are. Uh Uh-huh. He said that over in Joel that he's going to pour out his spirit. Yeah, that would be the spirit is powerful, not me. Upon all flesh, Joel 2.28 and... So next string, you know, next piece of macaroni in this necklace of macaroni here. Oh, this is such a precious teaching here. I mean, this is going to sell for thousands as far as seed offerings are concerned yeah it's joel 2 out of context but your sons and your daughters shall- you'll, you'll notice joel 2 doesn't say anything about the thousand times more anointing either prophesy old men shall dream dreams young men 
shall see visions. And he also, if you look here at Judges chapter 7, it says, Then Zerubbabel, who is Zerubbabel, yeah, is Gideon, and all the people that were with him rose up early and pitched beside the well of Herod, so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill of Moriah in the valley. Yep, no mention there of the thousand times more anointing. Nope, nothing there either. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into your hand, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me and saying, My own hand has saved me. So God is saying that if you want him to work, you're going to have to make room for him to work. No, um, I haven't been sent with any army to slay the Midianites. Neither of you, and there's no mention of the thousand times more anointing in Judges 6 or 7. You're just making that up. So, yes, again, this is the uh, string of macaroni Bible twisting technique going on here. And making room for him to work means that he's about to give you something bigger than you can do. Really? <laughs> no, it doesn't mean that at all. This guy is just filling these people's heads with complete delusions of grandeur and importance rather than calling them to repent of their sins and trust in Christ. This is just feeding our sinful nature's latent narcissism. Now, I want you to get that because this, this is kind of where we need to go as a church. The tendency is, is that we don't do anything that we don't think we can do. Well, that was all right. Yeah, that's right. I don't try to fly because I can't. So I don't generally do the things I know I can't do. Mm -hmm. When you were weak, but now you are strong. But now you have an anointing on you that's much bigger, much more powerful than anything you ever were before you got born again. Look what it so apparently we're, we're we're like you know Marvel comic heroes now. Yeah. Uh -huh. It says in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy and chapter one. Deuteronomy chapter one. Nothing to do with the thousand times more anointing either that's just the next piece of macaroni stuck on the string here oh it's pre it's beautiful it's colorful isn't it yeah. and starting reading at verse 9 he said this and i spake unto you at that time saying i am not able to bear your my, you you myself alone this is moses talking about how he cannot carry the people of Israel by himself, you know, after the exodus. The Lord, your God, has multiplied you, and behold, you are this day as the stars of heaven. Who's the y'all, all y'all there? That, that would be the children of Israel in the wilderness. Yeah, and this, you know, account was spoken by Moses, you know, very shortly before they went in and conquered the promised land, yeah. For multitude. The Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times. Who's the you there? That's a plural, by the Lord your God, 
the God of all y'all's fathers, make you a thousand times more as ye are and bless you as he hath promised you. That's not a promise of a thousandfold anointing, you know, thingy on us. This is just Moses describing what God did to the children of Israel during their slavery and after their exodus. I'm so many more as you are and bless you as he has promised you. Say, I have the thousand times more anointing on my life. That is just a mess. No, you don't have any thousand times more anointing thingy on your life just because he read a bunch of passages out of context and then strung them together on a string of macaroni. Oh, man, these people are utterly deceived. He's playing off of their sinful natures and their greed and their self-importance. Yeah, oh, I'm super-duper special. and I have the thousand times more anointing on my life, man. No, you don't. It's not even a biblical teaching. It's just strung together, you know, a bunch of verses out of context to make it look like this is what the Bible teaches when it doesn't. And, you know, and so I'm sure this will cost them a thousand times more money, actual money out of their pockets than it would if they were attending a Bible-believing church that where the pastor actually rightly teaches God's word and proclaims Christ and him crucified for our sins. So, yeah, because they're going to be paying lots of seed offerings, you know, in order to activate that thousand times more anointing thingy, which Bill Winston just made up. It's totally a doctrine of his own creation. It's not taught in Scripture. All right, we're up on our first break. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash pirate Christian. Follow me on Twitter. My name there, at pirate Christian. Quick break. When we come back, we're heading over to Cuckoo Banana Town as... Uh, the Apostle Chuck Pierce heads to the border to secure the glory. We'll be right back. Jesus did not die for your 401k. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. <clears throat> Max Holiday's Birdcage Theater presents... Church Day Select. Hey guys, it's Rex here. Again. Now I know that all of you have been hearing about the latest fad in the church called an Emmaus Walk. Well, you know what I think? It's uber lame. I mean, what's so special about going on a little walk, hoping and praying that Jesus is going to show up and have an enlightenment picnic with you? It's not nearly hardcore enough. I'm starting a new fad. It's called the Road to Damascus Walk. You don't go out trying to find Jesus. He finds you. And after he's found you, he knocks you off your horse, throws you in the mud, blinds you, and then sends you on a harrowing journey to a town that you've never been to in order to find a prophet of God. 
it's way more awesome than an ant-infested picnic next to a scum-filled pond. Don't believe me? Well, then give it a shot. I dare you. Oi, Captain! We got ourselves a heretic! (laughs) (laughs) And exactly how do ye know that she be a heretic? She be endorsing the health and wealth heresy. Does he be speaking the truth? Jesus died to make us rich! (laughs) (laughs) And what exactly do we do with heretics? Oh, we throw them in the boo box? No, no, no. We preach the gospel to them. What if, um, the heretic doesn't repent? Then we throw them in the boo box. (laughs) To err is to heretic. To R is to pirate. Get yourself over to www.piratechristianradio.com forward slash Refermanda and purchase yourself a copy of the game Refermanda and join the fight for the faith today. Hey everyone, it's Rex here to tell you about a product that I use on a daily basis. It's Coffee by Gillespie. It's Delicious. It's got the caffeine you need to be a functioning member of society, and it's, it's coffee. There's all sorts of different blends to choose from that are themed alongside the church calendar. So not only does it taste insanely good, but it's also liturgical. Somehow. All you have to do is order it online at gillespie.coffee, and it'll arrive at your door in a convenient, resealable bag filled with either whole bean or pre-ground coffee. I personally like mine as whole bean because it goes so well with milk. Uh, now that's what I call a balanced breakfast. So head on over to Gillespie.coffee and get some. That's G-I-L-L-E-S-P-I-E dot coffee. Rex out! All right, we're back. Warning, listening to Fighting for the Faith could cause you to think that there's no such thing as the thousand times more anointing. Because there isn't. Just a reminder, Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported radio. That means we depend upon you and your generous gifts and financial contributions in order to continue to bring Fighting for the Faith to you and to the world. And you can partner with us by visiting our website, fightingforthefaith.com. When you get there, you'll see our three friendly yellow buttons. One says donate. The other says join our crew. The other says become a patron. When you join our crew... You get to pick your rank in our crew, and rank is based upon your monthly commitment 
Lowest rank is Powder Monkey at $9.95 a month. After that, Gunner's Mate at $24.95 a month. From there, Master Gunner at $49.95 a month and Quartermaster $99.95 a month. Joining our crew is a great way to support us. Of course, if you'd like to make a one-time contribution, you can click on the Donate button. If you'd like to become a patron on Patreon, you can do so by clicking on the Become a Patron button. Or if you'd like to support us the traditional analog way, you can make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith, and then send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And let me thank you for your support. We truly, honestly cannot do what we are doing here without it. Moving along... Yep, time for Prophetic Holy Orders, Network Information Exchange Syndicate Update. Oh! Hallelujah. Get up right now. Hubabakanda. So we're uh, heading over to Glory of Zion, and Chuck Pierce is the guy who holds court there, and he's supposed to be an apostle, yeah, a modern-day apostle, and uh, and he recently did some activity in El Paso, Texas, claiming that he was securing glory, securing the glory along the border between the United States and, and Mexico, and all I can say is this is just a perfect example of Cuckoo Banana Town uh, type of activity. And clearly God has sent a strong delusion on Chuck Pierce and those people who follow him and think that he's an actual apostle of Jesus Christ. And, and so what we'll do today is we're going to start off with a little bit of scripture to kind of note a few things here. And we'll note that Christians have some marching orders, if you would, from Jesus Christ himself. And so uh, in Matthew 28, it says, uh, Jesus came to his disciples and said to them, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Now, that, that's an important bit of this. Of course, the question comes up, you know, where can I go today to find the things that Christ has commanded? Answer, you can only find that in the Old and the New Testament. Jesus is both God and man. He is uh, the Son of God in human flesh, second person of the Holy Trinity incarnate, born of the Virgin Mary. That being the case, uh, what's written for us in the Old Testament is from God. Christ affirms it as the word of God, and then he sends his apostles and says of his apostles, the one who hears you, hears me, the one who hears me, hears the one who sends me, sent me. And so the apostles wrote for us the New Testament. And we're going to note that uh, there's a supreme lack of um, 
in what we're going to be viewing of having anything to do with what Christ has either taught or commanded. It's just, like I said, kind of cuckoo banana town, which leads to our second text, one that we reference from uh, time to time here at Fighting for the Faith. And it's Second Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, talking about the great apostasy, the Apostle Paul prophesying in uh, in Second Thessalonians 2 says, Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to him, uh, we ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed either by a spirit or a spoken word or a letter seeming to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has already come. Let no one deceive you in any way. That day will not come unless the rebellion, the apostasia, the rebellion comes first. And that's a rebellion within the visible body of Christ, and then the man of lawlessness will be revealed. And so, uh, and then verse 9, I'm just jumping ahead. You can read the rest of it in context, uh, and you'll see I'm not doing any violence to the text. Talking about this lawless one who will be revealed. The coming of the lawless one is by the uh, activity of Satan with all power and false signs and false wonders and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion, strong delusion, so that they may believe what is false, in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So one of the things we do here is we give you examples of super-de-duper strong delusional stuff, like you have to be mentally ill or under God's judgment to think that this stuff is real. Uh, that this is actually from God or has anything to do with biblical Christianity. Case in point, we're heading to Glory of Zion's uh, you know, television. You, t- you know, uh, on, well, you can call it TV if you want, but they, they're, uh, you know, they, this is the stuff they put on their website, and they call it Glory of Zion TV. And this is their video titled "Securing the Glory Along the Border." Here's the so-called apostle. He's not really an apostle. He's a false apostle. Chuck Pierce explaining to us what it is that we will be witnessing here. And the only thing I can say is cuckoo banana town, strong delusion. That's pretty much the the way to refute this because none of this has anything to do with biblical Christianity, anything Christ has commanded or taught. Here we go. We just flew in from Monterey back through Dallas to El Paso. Monterey, Mexico. And so here we are in El Paso to start our journey all the way down the border from El Paso to McAllen. We have people here, leaders. So so they're going to be spending a lot of time traveling down the border and, and engaging in some kind of activity in order to secure the glory along the border. From McAllen, we have people from uh, Laredo. Uh, Del Rio and from uh, El Paso, of course. I I felt like we had to go to Monterey first because I didn't want to just be sent from America. I wanted the leadership of Mexico to send us on this border journey. And here we are. The timing is amazing. President Trump is about to give his uh, address to our nation over the immigration uh, uh, plan that he has at three o'clock today, and here we are, right in the midst of it, praying through and asking the Lord to stitch up this border 
bring a new level of glory, a new level of unity, and break... Stitch up the border and bring a new level of glory. ...forth on both sides of the border with the Spirit of God. And so I want you to continue to pray for us. We've got a wonderful team here. We've got people... Yeah, I'll be praying that God delivers you from your strong delusion. You're not an apostle. ...people from all over that are here, and this is God's time for the border between Texas and Mexico. We bless you. Thank you for being with us. What this speaks to me here is... All right, so we're somewhere along the border now, and this is speaking something... To the Apostle Chuck Pierce. It's named South Wind. When the South Wind begins to blow is when revival comes. Amen. So the name of the place there, it's South Wind. It's, oh, when the South Wind blows, that's when revival comes. Where does it say that in the Bible? So actually, we want to stir up the South Wind here while we're here. And how does one go about stirring up the south wind? I, I seem to recall Christ saying that the wind blows where it wills. You know. And we want to decree that the land will realign. And so apparently they're engaging in some kind of geographic chiropractic stuff here. They're going to realign the land. Yeah. Can you give me an example of Jesus realigning land? All that's been here will get realigned. It's yeah. one of the major crossing over places. Sure. Right yeah. Here. Yeah. Lord, you have brought this thing full circle here. Yes. And Father, as we stand at Amistad here... At the place where friendship yes. occurs, yes. Lord, we ask you right now to reconcile yes. this portion of the land so a yes. new crossing over John can 17. begin. Right? Yeah, this is a sentence that makes no sense. Grammatically, it works. I mean, there's a noun, a subject, you know, the verb and direct objects and things like that. But it's, again, it's like the uh, sentence, blue sleeps faster than Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. I mean, tell me what that means. It works as a sentence, but you know, you know, the, a realignment so that there can be a new crossing over. Mm-hmm. Woo! Yeah, I mean, these guys are really taking ground for the kingdom here. And they're making disciples of all nations, clearly. Not at all, by the way. That was sarcasm. And I would say to you, I am now bringing down the sword of heaven into this portion of the land. Bringing down this sword of heaven into this portion of the land. Uh huh. I have brought you here to welcome the sword. For to welcome the sword. <laughs> Are we expecting an armed conflict on the border now? I say to you that sword now is going to cut loose the hope and despair that has held captive uh, the land and the waters. I the land and the waters have been 
held captive and the sword is going to, you know, cut him loose and stuff. Right. Say, I am bringing down the sword so that the end of despair will come and a new beginning will begin to rise up. A new beginning will begin to rise up. Right. So watch the ending closely over the next several months. For I say there will be great endings and great beginnings, and the sword now has entered the land. Sword now has entered the land. Great beginnings and endings and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's about time somebody did this, man. That's all I can say. I mean, this has been long overdue, apparently. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's like the nuclear weapon of spiritual warfare right there. It's a shofar. Yeah, that'll... For sure, the, the sword, new beginnings, new endings thingies is... Yeah. Establishing this river, this water, as an artery. Uh, what? <laughs> so the Lord is establishing a river as an artery. It's not a dividing line. It is not something. He's got a tuning fork in his hand. What is that for? Which distinguishes between two nations. It is an artery which pulls together the entire body, both on the south and the north, the east and the west. And it will cause the blood of Jesus to surge through this region, bringing forth life, bringing forth restoration, bringing forth healing. For where the blood goes, there will be life. But Lord, we once again open this door to your glory. (laughs) This is like shamanism. Where in the Bible does it say if you strike a tuning fork, put it against the ground, that God will retune the land and stuff? This is straight up make up your own spirituality, New Age shamanism here. So, Lord, you have set the sword down to realign heaven, and now you have retuned the earth here. What? <laughs> so God has retuned the earth. Because some guy struck a tuning fork in a parking lot near the U.S.-Mexico border. No way. This is one of the very high points and strong points of rebellion uh, along the border. Mm-hmm. It has always been an access point for evil to manifest itself. And part of that we saw after the Civil War when the Confederates were being chased by the Union. They buried the Confederate flag here uh, as really a symbol of rebellion. Uh, Then they went down and actually joined, um, I read that last night, they joined the forces in Mexico. Um, 
you know, to fight with against them Texas. against Texas. And so there was just a lot of there's a lot of rebellion here. There's a lot. Yeah, there's, there's some rebellion all up in there, man. It's it's, it's all over there. Yeah. So you, you better do something about all that rebellion that's over there. Uh, this is an access point for rebellion to come through. So it's really a key place for us. So why don't you start to do? So they <laughs> declared this place to be an access point for rebellion. Well, they're going to shut that access point right up here. You know, that guy, I mean, he's got a tuning fork, you know, they're going to retune that. And then, and then, you know, rebellion will be out of tune. <laughs> what on earth is this? Do what you're called to do. Mahia! 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 Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is shamanism. Now, Gerardo, you need to pray that uh, from Central America, illegal trafficking that is centered in this area will be stopped in Jesus' name. All right, so he's going to be praying a prayer against illegal trafficking in this area. So in the name of Jesus, he's going to stop traffic. He's going to halt it right there, yeah. At this hour, yeah. All kinds of trafficking, yeah. Trafficking in persons and drugs and stuff. All right, he halts it right now. He's just, it's halto and... Yeah, it, there's just not going to be any trafficking of any kind going on there now. No more trafficking. No more. No In the name of Jesus. Got it. Okay. Well, that, I mean, that, why didn't they do this earlier? You know, there's been so much trafficking going on. I mean, they could have put an end to this at any time. Why did they wait? <laughs> the Apostle Chuck Pierce is just really impressed here with this, the power that was released from the, uh, the Halto prayer. Now, realign. I'm going to hit against this. Is they're they're going to realign the, the border now. There's actually a gate yeah. right here. You can yeah. see the hinges. Oh, there's a, there's a gate right there at the border. They're, they're going to, the guy's got a tuning fork, folks. Oh, man. You know what Jesus said about tuning forks? Yeah. Whoa, this is what, this is one powerful spiritual weapon. I'm sure it's mentioned in Ephesians 6 with the armor of God. You know, you know, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the, sword of the word and the tuning fork of this um yeah it, it's in there uh, it's got to be in there here he goes folks oh man can't you feel it the glory is going to be released the board is going to be retuned here Gates. 
Oh, wow. It vibrated the gates. Better do it again, man. Better do it again. Yes, what we say the sound of entry is being realigned. Chuck Pierce in the back. The sound of entry is being realigned. On earth, these people have lost their minds. This is this has nothing to do with Christianity. Nothing. This is just straight up roll your own theology and smoke it shamanism. Lord, it will not be marching of rebellion. It will not have a rebellious cadence to it. Uh, no more rebellious cadences allowed there. They've retuned the gate, you know. It will have the order of the angelic of heaven in Jesus' name. Wow. Mm-hmm. Love the tribal drum. That just adds even more to the the uh, <clears throat> shamanism thing here. Four whole times, man. He did it four times. We realign the sound of the boundaries of the territory. This is gobbledygook. <laughs> oh no! I, I again, it's that nuclear weapon of spiritual warfare. The shofar is out, folks. Thank Lord, we stand together as Anglos, as Germans, and say, Lord, that the covenant... Stand together as Anglos and Germans. The Mexican border. <laughs> I, can't, I can't watch any more of this. This is Looney Tunes! Cuckoo Banana! This has nothing to do with biblical Christianity at all, unless, of course, you're talking about a fulfillment of what the Apostle Paul prophesied 2,000 years ago, that the coming of the lawless ones by the activity and the power of Satan with false signs and wonders and all wicked deception, therefore God sends them a strong delusion. I mean, I don't. this is like a 200-proof delusion here, that, they, that they, these people actually believe that they're doing the work of Jesus in something that he's commanded them to do, and that somehow this is really socking it to the devil as they retune the border with a shofar and a tuning fork. What a bunch of malarkey. This is not biblical Christianity. These people are not behaving as Christians. And Chuck Pierce is not an apostle of Jesus Christ. He is an apostle of nonsense sent by the devil himself under such a strong delusion that he does not even recognize that the absurdity of his actions are proof that the Holy Spirit did prophesy through the Apostle Paul and warned us about nonsense like this. 
They need to repent and put all that nonsense away, these false signs, false wonders, and their shamanism, and get back to Scripture. And, oh, man, I think you get the point. So what'd you think? Love to get your feedback. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Christian. Follow me on Twitter, my name there, at Christian. Till tomorrow, may God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ and his vicarious death on the cross for all of your sins. Amen.